Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Overtime. Overtime is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. It's been a couple weeks because last week I was on vacation. Week before that, just kind of did a, a special solo uh, overtime. But we are glad that you're joining us today. Gary was the yeah. one that, that preached for us on Sunday morning, so we're going to kind of jump into this. Um, I was going to start with a joke and say that um, <laughs> we probably won't be a full hour in this overtime, sometimes historically for the last 101, 102 episodes, we've been about an hour. Um, but I don't think we'll be an hour today because Gary wasn't even a half hour on oh, Sunday. Man. So really hope that was a special gift from Gary to you, that you got a little bit of extra time on your Sunday morning. We hope that you enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, before we jump into it, I do want to just kind of let you know uh, the kind of the big announcement for the week, what we're pretty excited for as a church. So this Saturday, as long as the weather looks good and we are praying that the weather is going to look great right now, there could be a chance of showers, but we're praying that off. Um, we are pretty excited that this Saturday we are doing our CLC um, Fall Fest. And basically there's going to be a bike show, a car show, we're going to have inflatables, there's going to be tons of different games. Um, let's see, there's so many things that are happening from 10 to 2 p.m. this coming Saturday on October 16th. We would love for you to come out and be a part of that just to celebrate and to have fun and just um, a great opportunity to kind of invite your friends, invite your friends, invite your neighbors to. And really what we're hoping is that it's an on-ramp eventually to spiritual conversations. Maybe those spiritual conversations happen on Saturday. Maybe they happen three, four months from now. Maybe they happen 10 years from now. Who knows? But really, this is just kind of an on-ramp for us as a church to kind of do something fun that gets families out. And hopefully from that, we are able to develop relationships and ultimately have spiritual conversations. So that's a big part of what we're, we're looking to do from this weekend's event. So again, it's going to be from 10 to 2 p.m. this Saturday, October 16th. If you want more information, you can just go to our website, clcfamily.church, and like literally as soon as the screen loads you'll see that there's the fall fest um picture there you can just click on that so yeah. want to let you know about that if you have any questions feel free to let us know but we are pretty hyped and excited for that so yeah, that's right that's kind of all the announcements that we have um we started a series this is this was the fourth week right yeah this is parables week number four so we are kind of big picture we are still in the gospel of luke we've been traveling through the gospel of luke since uh, July of last year. So we're over a year into this. Um, we're over halfway through the book of Luke. So this is probably going to continue for at least another year. And basically, as we've gone through that, we are dividing kind of Luke up into different things. And so we're focusing on the parables because where we are in Luke chapter 14 and 15, we're seeing a lot of Jesus speaking in parables. So we're talking about those parables, trying to apply some of those things that we see in these verses to our lives, mm -hmm. and then kind of challenging us as we continue through this this book of Luke. Um, before we kind of jump in, I'm going to ask Gary to just kind of give us a short recap of what he did. I do want to let you know that if you are joining us live online, you are welcome to ask any questions that you might have. I didn't see any questions in our chat today, so it'll probably just be a discussion of 
Gary and I, unless you join online and you are welcome to submit any question that you have there, whether it's related to this weekend's passage or it's just a question that you're walking through. We'd love to have that either way. As a reminder, we are kind of on four different platforms. Um, so you can join us on Facebook, you can join us on YouTube, and I am currently pulling up the rest of those. You can join us on Twitch or you can join us on just going to clcfamily.church. There's a watch live tab. So there's a lot of different ways that you can connect with us if you are watching this live. And what we hope is that this, this time is an encouragement to you um, and it blesses and encourages and challenges you. So, Amen. yeah. So with that, I'll, I'll kind of stop talking because <laughs> I have the ability to talk a lot. So uh, no, do you no, want to no, give no. us kind of a recap sure, of what sure. we talked about this week? So what happened is we were looking this week at what is the cost of being a disciple and looking at, you know, what does it mean? And, you know, lots of interesting things that Jesus is saying here. I mean, he's basically saying, if you don't give up your life, give up yeah. your family, everything else, that um, you can't really be my disciple. And so it leaves us, you know, feeling like, oh, you know, what is this about? And how is he, how are we supposed to really understand this? And there's a couple of parables mixed in here. For example, yeah. um, it talks about, you know, what if you go to build a tower? And so there's a kind of parable there. Um, what if you... Um, Suppose a king goes to war against another king, you know, um, there's another kind of parable in that. And then finally ends up in verse 34 with salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? And so, and of course, the whole passage is then Jesus says, you know, whoever has ears to hear, let yeah. them hear, which is like a really sobering moment. You know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I'm really excited because I want to kind of dive back into these verses and kind of yeah. take it verse by verse because there's a lot going on here. And I feel like the last time, at least to, to my remembrance, um, the last time you spoke, you were kind of teaching on some of the hard sayings that Jesus said, right? Yeah, that's right. And this almost felt like a continuation of that. So even so, like when I preached a couple weeks ago, it felt like a continuation of what was going on in Luke um, 13 as we looked at chapter 14. But uh, there is just a lot going on. So on some level, this is a little bit of a maybe a review of what we talked about last time. But, right, right, right. but there's a lot that Jesus says here that I'll just say can can make you kind of scratch your head and go, okay, does... Does that mean this or something Something that Jesus said leads to another question? Like, so for example, so am I really supposed to hate my family? Like, right, right. So as you get into yeah. that, like, I, I want to just kind of dive into that. And like I said, if you have any questions, we'd love for you to, to type them out for us. Or you can, if you're listening to this at a later time, you're not catching us live. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, but you can always write any questions, email us over time at clcfamily.church, or you can text us 610-869-2140. You just text your questions to that. So yeah, I think, and please stop me if you've got oh, a different thought, sure, but I, sure. I just want to kind of go verse by verse sure, sure. and kind of break it down. And sometimes it might be a couple of verses, but um, basically we were in Luke 14, 25 through 35. And so this is what it says. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said. So this is kind of the height of Jesus's ministry. Yeah, that's right. Like everybody knows who he is. He's traveling. Ultimately, what we know as we, as we look at the book of Luke, Luke in uh, chapter 19 is recorded where Jesus kind of finally makes it to Jerusalem. But this is Jesus's kind of road show. Maybe show isn't the right word. Like <laughs> this is his road trip. He's traveling. He's, he's doing yeah. ministry. Yeah. Yeah. People are seeing miracles that are happening. He's healing people. He's cleansing people. Like some crazy stuff is happening. So he's got a following. Crowds were traveling with Jesus and they turned to him and said, verse 26. So this is Jesus words. And as you read your Bible, it probably like mine, you see Jesus's words in red. Um, and it says this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate 
Father and mother, wife, children, brother and sister, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Yeah. So we're going to pump the brakes right there, okay? <laughs> so we're two verses in, all right? Yeah, yeah. So, so first of all, like we see that there's a crowd of people following Jesus. And so Jesus just decides to what? Turn around and like talk yeah, to yeah, him? Yeah, Like, yeah. hey, all right. That's good, that's good. You want to follow me? I've got some tough teaching. So yeah. like... I don't know. Is there any context there? Uh, anything that you didn't get to say? Like, do we know much about it? Or is it literally just as the text appears? Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, what we're seeing here is that Jesus is going to continue to challenge us to yeah. think about the fact that um, that we owe our total allegiance to God. Like yeah, we owe right. everything, everything we have is because of who God is and what God's done in our lives. So, yeah. so when he actually uses this word hate, it has sort of a comparative value to it. And what he's really saying there is that, you know, if you don't choose me above all these other yeah. things, then you can't be my follower. And, you know, if you think about that, it was interesting because um, in that in that first century context, there would have been a lot of people that would have probably been ostracized or perhaps hmm. family members like, you know, either you chose to follow Jesus or yeah. you chose not to follow Jesus. And so there's sort of a comparative kind of statement taking place here sure, that sure. says so so what what the real follower is the one who's willing to actually give up everything in fact actually you know he goes on to say um you know even give up your own life because yeah. if you think about whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple and yeah. you know the only person that actually carried a cross was mm. the person who was going to get crucified on it so yeah, yeah. you know that was another big piece so so there's a lot of lot going on here i mean it's a good it's a great it's a great passage and i think it's important probably as we look at this and and I think as Luke writes this so again we're we're seeing this through the eyes of Luke the physician who right, right, recorded right. and kind of sat down and investigated like an investigative journalist who writes all of this like it, it's interesting how he kind of communicates and talks through because even and maybe this is a little bit of a preview of this coming Sunday but but Luke is talking about the cost of being a disciple and then what we're going to see this coming Sunday is what like, so we have to give up everything of ourselves, but then what we're going to see this Sunday is what we should actually kind of cling to, what uh, Jesus yeah. actually did. And, and I don't want to start preaching that because we, we've got plenty to cover this week. Right. Um, but I'm excited to get to that. And it's interesting to note that probably in this group of people would be a whole a bunch of different people. So obviously you have the disciples who right. they're all of them, probably except for Judas, like it's pretty safe to assume that he wasn't fully bought in, but they're all bought in, right? Maybe they're still battling with doubt or suspicion or not really sure, like they're just kind of along for the ride, but they're they're bought into the teaching. Like he is their disciple. He, he is their master. They're yeah. his disciple. And then you've got people like the Pharisees, which we've seen multiple times who are trying to trick and to trap Jesus. Right, right. But then we also have crowds that maybe aren't in either camp. They're not bought in. They're not really sure. They're just kind of following. Like even as Jesus heals, like I'm thinking of uh, when Jesus feeds the 5,000, like there was people that were just maybe following Jesus because they wanted food. Right, right, right. Like, that's right, yeah. And yeah. so it's interesting here that Jesus turns and it's, it, Jesus is, is saying things that are harsh in the sense that mm -hmm. he is bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like he, he has brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. It's already here. It's already established. He is the establishment of that kingdom in this world. 
But now he starts talking more about it and he starts challenging the perception and maybe the ideas of what we have. Like he starts challenging the religious folks. Mm -hmm. And here he starts to even challenge, maybe not directly the religious folks, but I can I can imagine that they're in there. But he's challenging everyone Yeah. to the point that you just said that it's like, if you're not willing to follow Jesus, like if he is not first, yeah. then he is not in, yeah. I guess in my words, he's not important right. to you. Right, or even Lord, right? Yes. So I think, you know, the, um, and, and it's interesting too, because the disciples, you know, one of the things that would happen is, this is Jesus sort of breaks the whole mold of what yeah. discipleship is because he actually goes and invites people to become disciples. Yeah, sure. Whereas uh, most of the time, somebody would actually sign up with a rabbi. Yeah. Like they would search out that rabbi yeah. and then sign up with that rabbi. Right. But he's saying, no, you know, let, I'm going to invite you in. And so yeah. it's he's really sort of counter um, active in that in the way that he does that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting because everyone's invited, yet he's going, the cost is yeah. everything. That's right. That's right? right. So That's it's right. everyone's invited, but the reality is not everybody's going to pay that price. Yeah, it's right? going to cost you. It's going to cost you everything. Yeah. yeah. And so as we talk about specifically in twenty six, so he, he's drawing a comparison here to family. So whoever does not hate yeah. that comparison, as you said, mother and father, wife, children, brothers, sisters, and even his own life. This, like, I think that this. This is a very tough verse because if mm-hmm. what we know is that God has established kind of the family unit, right? right like, right, right. so it's one of the four first uh, institutions that God creates is marriage and this system of family. Even before, argu- arguably, He creates kind of this system of the church. Like, so how do we navigate or look at this in today's standards, both in a positive or a negative? Because if we're using this as justification to go, well, I'm just going to ignore my wife and my kids and right, I'm going right, to do right. it. I don't think that's healthy or good. But also if we're too focused on them, that's also not healthy and good. So how do we find this balance maybe in this this passage of thinking about hating our mother, father, wife, husband, sister, brother, yeah. our own life. How do how do we find that balance? Yeah. So I think I think part of what he's alluding to here is that um you know if you don't actually make the choice on where you're gonna live, like how you're gonna actually engage life, then what happens is you end up um, you end up in these other relationships where you can sometimes get stuck. And so again that so all idea of hating, you know, um, has the idea that um, I'm going to actually, you know, make a decision mm. that the most important relationship I have is actually with Jesus. Mm. And then I'm going to follow that. And so I think that that's an important piece for us to understand sure. here, because, um, you know, I don't I don't think, you know, it, somebody said, well, you know, is God just against the family? You know, it's <laughs> like, well, no, actually, no, God's yeah. in favor of the family yeah. and family values and wants us to be related and, right. you know, in good, good standing relationship with each other. Um, but at the same time, you know, we have to understand that um, that that then means that we need to put Jesus primary, you know, yeah. make him first in our lives. Yeah. And then when we do that, then these other relationships, you know, fall into place. And I, yeah. I would just give the illustration like, you know, imagine that you're just, you know, you're just over the over the head with your wife or your husband or, you know, whatever it is, or maybe your kids, you know, like a lot of people end up sort of worshiping their kids and, you know, wanting to make sure that everything's good there and that kind of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the, but the fact is, is that when we make it, you know, when we elevate that up to a place where God should be, that becomes, you know, problematic for us. Yeah. And I feel like in, in my life, I've, I've seen people that have 
a great relationship with family and it's easy to kind of just say, oh, it's a great relationship, but I've, there's been just, I can think of one example in my life where I've just thought, man, and, and this, this person that I'm thinking of or this family isn't, they don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I just wonder if family has almost become their God. Yes. Right? Like yes. in a sense that they they love family so much and that's such a good thing. And it's, yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever be like, hey, you love your family too much. Right, right, like, right, right. But it's almost, it's taken the place, I think, of yeah. of where God wants to sit within our lives. Right. And so I can't right. help but think of kind of that family as I as I look through this of going, hey, it's not it's not getting caught on either side, right? It's It's kind of making sure that my relationship with Christ is first and foremost. And then, as you said, I feel like all of my other relationships fall in line with that. Yeah, like, I agree. With I agree. my wife, I feel like we we were very intentional as we got married. It was understanding and knowing that God was bringing two people together for his glory. Right. Right? It was, it was because God wanted to do something greater in both of us as a couple. Yeah than it was just for our happiness yeah, or for right, us to yeah, experience right. life together. And and that has really shaped, yeah. I feel like, our, our marriage journey, if you yeah. will, because it's it's always putting in perspective, hey, my first love is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then my yeah. wife comes second. Right. Yeah, so that's good. So well, I think and I think that's important. what I think that's what spiritual formation is. Yeah. Like I think yeah. so so the other piece of this is that actually as God puts us in this these relationships, you know, with you know, mother, father, yeah, right. brother, sister, you know. Well, I mean, that's part of the way God's actually forming us. Yeah, and right. oftentimes sort of chipping off sort of the rough places in our lives and helping us to become even more whole. So yeah. so again, I think, you know, the, the key here is realizing that we can't let those things take the precedence. Yes. Um, that, that one soul place belongs to Jesus himself. Yeah, right, right. And then everything else begins to fall into place yeah. um, as we as we focus on that. So yeah. So 27, I feel like you've, you've kind of already spoken to it. I'm not sure if we need to spend much time on it. It says, uh, so, you know, uh, yes, hates their sister, brother. Uh, this is 26. And even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. 27 says, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Yeah. So when we look at Jesus, we saw that he carried his cross, right, on the way right, to right. his his crucifixion and then also it was a Simeon Simon it was um also as we read through the gospel that carried the cross for oh, Jesus Simeon yeah Simeon yeah. so I, for us what is how do we take how do we translate this verse to us today because I, if I want to live for Christ I'm going what does it mean to carry my cross yeah what, yeah. what does that mean point. for me today yeah that's a good point so I think again the image is that whoever picks up the cross is the one who's going to die on it so yeah. I think I think again this is actually an invitation from God for us to sort of die to self yeah, you know right. and to say okay so if I'm really making Jesus primary in my life then what does that mean and what does that look like in my relationships and also in the way that I'm living everything out so yeah. I mean I think that just makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I just chuckled a little bit because um, I had was away on vacation last week, was uh, spent a week with my in-laws um, and had a great time, was a, a fantastic vacation, right? But but there was this part of going, hey, I want to do what I want to do and recognizing yeah, that yeah. I am choosing to maybe maybe not carry my cross, but die to myself of going, it's not about me this week. Right. Like, Right? How how selfish would that be of going, hey, I just want to do this, 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 and this. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be ignoring all of you. Right, 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 like, right, right, right. And so it's that to an extreme level of going, 
hey, it's it's maybe not choosing what what you want to do as a believer. It's choosing not what you would want yeah. as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's maybe stepping into what is uncomfortable or what is not something that is preferred because you're carrying your cross. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I feel like I just got a great illustration of going, hey, it wasn't about me last week. And that yeah. was a, a great opportunity to show love and care and be part of That's right. my extended family. Yeah. Just like every single day as a believer, I should make the choice to go, God, whatever your will is for me, I am willing to do it. Yeah. And I think that's where this clash happens right, between, right. I'll say, the majority of, of Americans who call themselves Christians and then maybe some true disciples of Jesus Christ. Is there anything that you would want to speak to about that? Like, I know that I just kind of introduced well, that. Well, I think that... Um... You know, I think that, again, you know, you have to remember that the person who picks up the cross is the one who ends up dying on it. And so, um, but I think also that, you know, what we're learning or what we're understanding is that there is life in community too, right? Yes, right. right, So I think, you know, that's a really important thing for us to get. Like, you know, Jesus isn't saying, you know, hate everybody that's your family. What he's saying is, no, in comparison to them, make me the priority. Um, But what he's really doing is he's inviting us again into a way of actually being a part of a community that can be more healthy for us. And so I think that's important. And in that, that's a great point to bring up in that, Honestly, when I've been able to do that, I've found the most joy and satisfaction in life and some of the best relationships that I've ever had were in choosing to not be and do what I thought I wanted, but then ultimately my desires changed, right? Like, and then I find that choosing what God had for me was so much better than what I had in store for me. Exactly. So so I think that there is this living into it of of sorts that happens. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. All right. So we'll jump to kind of the first uh, of the parables in here in verse 28. It says, suppose one of you, and all of this has to do, we're kind of coming back to the same point all the time, right? So it's the cost of being a disciple. So Jesus is now using these parables or these stories, these illustrations to make the point of what he just made, right? So 28 says this, and we'll probably, um, yeah, we'll read all of 28. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? And then I'll read 29. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, and I'll continue, this person began to build uh, and it wa- and wasn't able to finish. So, yeah. so here's the story. So Jesus tells us, and then he tells us story to make a point. Was this a common thing that happened? Oh, I Jesus don't. Yeah, I, like, I think that what he's pointing out is that you know you don't want to get ridiculed. Yeah. You know, like in other words, like and and I think if you think about things, you know, in our life, like we all know somebody who started to build something sure. and they didn't finish it, sure. right? Like, sure. Like right now, or a got, project. Yeah, we right? got like we got projects at our house right now that we still haven't finished. Yeah. You know that. Um, it, one of them is sort of a roofing thing we're doing. And, you know, so, so yeah, it's a little crazy. But, you yeah. know, what he's saying here is that, you know, you don't want to be ridiculed. You want yeah. to, and, and actually, I think that's part of the point is like, yeah. you know, people are going to look at that and go, oh, wow, look, they obviously, you know, sort of pulled the trigger too quick, right? Yeah, and right. and so they didn't count the cost. And this is the point he's making too, is you got to count the cost, right? right? right. Because what you want to make sure to do is you want to make sure to complete the thing that you're trying to do. Yeah. And if you can't, 
can't, you know, complete it, then you're going to you're going to be ridiculed. Yeah, and, right. and actually, you know, it, it's a funny thing to think about. I, you know, again, just think about projects at our house and everything else. But, you know, there's certain things that, yeah, we just haven't gotten to them yet, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and so um, the reality is that, you know, we have to count the cost. And right. I think that's the point for discipleship, too. Right. Yeah. So right. we don't know. We don't know every step on the journey. Yeah. But. We know that we need to start that journey. Yeah, right. And so we will never know, you know, what every bend or every, you know, different part of the journey yeah. will entail. But we know that God is in the midst of that and will lead us into that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's good. The whole idea of counting the costs. I'm thinking of a project. So tomorrow I'm supposed to get new counters, right? Okay. For my house. Yeah. And the hardest part was the counting the cost, not the price. Cause I was really pleased with the price tag. My wife, she's got great taste. And so I was scared that it was going to be a very significant number and it wasn't, I was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> but the cost that I didn't count was uh. the time that I don't have counters. Yeah. Right. So the removal to the placing of counters was going, you mean I've got to be seven to 10 days without counters? Like it was just a, I don't know. I'm just thinking of this as, as my illustration. Maybe it yeah. connects to you. Maybe it doesn't. Makes but sense. I'm going, that was a really hard pill for me to swallow. Like yeah. I'm going, wait, so I'm going to cook, but where do I put it? Because yeah. specifically in my house, my back room, I've got kind of a big table, but it's just counter space in the kitchen. So I've got to walk 15 feet to get any type of like table space. And I'm going, wait, I don't know. That's, yeah. but it's just that same thought of going, it's got to impact and you've got to think through and work through is the same thing that if you were to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, that's really the thought level that needs to be involved that you recognize, realize, and, and think about what that decision actually means. Yeah, that's right to really say, I'm going for it. Yeah, like, so, yeah. so therefore I don't know what the answer is. Like I may not know all of the steps in the journey, but Lord, my desire is to please and to serve you. So I'm going to be faithful and obedient to yeah, it. Yeah. So I just feel like it's a great illustration. Obviously that's why Jesus is, is sharing this story and maybe it's not specifically a parable, but it's, it's an illustration that we can all connect with. Of yeah, going, yeah, that's right. Man, I, I'm not going to jump into every project that I, because like you, I've got a ton of projects at my house that right. need to be done. And frankly, these counters were one of the first things that two years ago when we moved in, we were going, we need to take care of the counters. They're in rough condition. Like, right. We need to fix that. And I'm here we are two years later, in part because we had to count the cost. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. Yeah, I think that's that right. that's just a great illustration, great story that Jesus is using there. So he uses a he uses the illustration of a watchtower, which I think actually yeah. is interesting to think about too. So you know it, it's talk about building a tower, but again in that day and age, what would happen is you would actually go up in that tower then, and you would watch you know okay. you would sort of watch your land, sure, there, sure, that kind of thing. And so it was something that sort of would alert you if there was something mm. coming up, okay. you know, like if all of a sudden somebody was you know going to invade your land sure. or you know different things like that. And so I think you know again you know he's saying you know, uh, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? So you don't want, you know, a watchtower that's half built, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then also, um, you know, how do we, how do we continue to um, be open to what God's doing? Like yeah. God's going to lead us on this path of discipleship. So how do we continue to be open to that as well? Yeah, that's good. Sorry. I'm just checking, <clears throat> excuse me, just checking to see if there's any uh, any comments there online? So let's continue on. So we'll we'll start in 31. So 31 
is kind of the second illustration, right, right. parable or story. Uh, Jesus says this, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? Verse 32, if he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Yeah, so, yeah. so here's this point again of going in the same way as building a watchtower, counting the cost, as a king who's evaluating whether or not they can afford to go to war. It, you have to do the same thing to evaluate whether you can give up everything to be my disciple. Yeah. So specifically with this one, we don't live in a society where there's very many kings. Right, um, right, right. So <laughs> oh, I guess what is, is there a deeper thought or, I don't know, anything that you wanted to expound on in this kind of second parable or story that Jesus is sharing? Yeah. So I think the, the big thing here is that um, it's talking about, you know, if they, you know, if there's, you know, to take it to take account again about yeah. your enemy, right. in a sense, um, you know, if there's 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. But what's interesting here is that he says that while they're still a long way off, mm. um, they will ask for terms of peace. Mm. And so one of the things that's interesting about that is that, you know, the wise king in that sense yeah. is the one who doesn't say, oh, yeah, we can we can get the 20,000, even though we're only 10,000. Right, right. But what they do is they begin to no negotiate peace. And I found that to be really interesting because um, there's a couple of different options here in negotiating peace. Like, for example, um, one is that they can sort of go their own way like that. That king or whoever yeah. it is can still decide, no, I'm going to go do my own thing. But the wiser approach is actually um, suing for terms with peace with God, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. So underlying that verse is this idea that actually this can be a reconciling peace for us also. That okay. we can come to terms with peace with God um, based on God's own gracious terms to us. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, the second option means that we're giving God um, what's due um, when we follow Christ, when mm. we follow Christ. And so, yeah. you know, God really desires fully aligned disciples that are able to give up everything. But it also means that recognizing that God has a claim on all the areas of our yeah, lives right, as well. Right. Yeah, I think that, that that's a great thought because I think many, and again, it goes to this process of thinking through and working through and really considering, counting the cost, right? Like yeah. that is really the point that Jesus is making. Like that's all that you're going to hear from this passage. Like it's not, oh, surprise, here's a different ending. Right, right, right. Jesus right, is right. challenging everyone that is following him of going, to really be my disciples, you need to count the cost like you have to. So I think that as we look at that, we we have to decide for ourselves. And I think that ultimately by deciding and thinking through that, like you're just saying, we get the opportunity to experience peace with God. Yeah. Because if we choose, there's really only two choices that you can make. You can yeah. choose to go with God and want to live for him and and in his will for his purpose, or you choose to go your own way. Right. And there's consequences to both of those choices, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, so that's right. That's right. What you're saying is that if we choose Christ, then ultimately we come to peace 
in our relationship with him, but it won't be, maybe not this side of eternity, maybe not in this life, mm-hmm. but there will ultimately not be a eternal peace that you will experience by walking in your own pride. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think there's a cost. Like yeah. I think, you know, sure. following Christ has a cost yes. to it. Right. Um, because it, we're, we're asked to actually not make all these other things a priority, but make Jesus the lone priority, right? right, right. So I think that's important too. So, um, and I think also, you know, that, you know, no one understands the whole process of what the journey will look yeah, like. Right. And, you know, there's there's gonna be times, I am, um, a little while ago, um, was doing a thing on the dark night of the soul. Okay. You know, and, um, and there are times when, um, you know, we walk through really sure. difficult times where things don't go the way we want them to yeah. go. Um, we find ourselves um, feeling sort of disoriented and, you know, unassociated with things or with people. And all of that becomes important. So, yeah. but at the same time, what Jesus says is n- no matter where you're at, like I'm, I am with you always, yeah, right. even to the end of the age, right? Yeah. So he's he's with us whether we realize that or not. Um, In fact, I remember somebody one time a long time ago saying that, um, you know, I was was going through all this stuff and then all of a sudden one day turned around and realized, well, Jesus is right here with me. Yeah, right. You know, and and I think a lot of times what happens is we we forget that. Like we we think, oh, you know, it's just me. Oh, I'm all all on my own. Or like our anxiety gets, you know, torqued up or whatever. And, you know, we find that, um, you know, we forget that God actually is with us in the midst of all that. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, so we'll continue on where, where we're at. We're about halfway through uh, an hour-long session, but we're, we're kind of coming to a closing of the text. So yeah. um, verse 33, again, we already just read this, but I'll read that into 34. It says, In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciple. And then he changes kind of, <laughs> changes direction it feels like right because yeah. we're talking about discipleship and then he starts to talk about salt yeah, but yeah. again this is kind of the third illustration or parable or story whatever you want to call it, it says uh, 34 says salt is good but if it loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again yeah it is neither fit for the soil nor for the manure pile it is thrown out whoever has ears let them hear. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like there's probably a ton of, ton of stuff that is lost as we go salt, yeah. saltiness. Okay, so just at its basic version, I know what salt is. I put it on my steak or my potatoes or my vegetables or whatever. Like salt, okay, it loses its saltiness. But I think, is there more to understanding in that culture the significance of salt? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, um, in fact, somebody was telling me that just a while ago, too, that um, we were talking about this, um, I think, after the sermon, that sometimes if you put salt on a wick, it will actually, it'll sort of spark up, you know? Oh, really? So salt, yeah, it's just an interesting thing. But I think part of what Jesus is saying here is that um, he's actually sort of giving us a challenge to think about, you know, how do we become salty again? Like, so, you know, here it is, it says that, um, you know, uh, it's fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile, but instead it's thrown out, right? Yeah. So, you know, if it's not salty, if it loses that saltiness. So part of the question is, you know, can we become salty again? Can mm. we actually, you know, re- regain that or reclaim that? And and I think, yes, I think we can. because, But I think it comes through letting God renew us, right. letting God restore us, letting God re-energize us. And, um, and I think that that's the important stuff that we have to think about. Like, yeah. how is it that God does enter in? 
and can make us salty again, can um, can rejuvenate us. Um, and, yeah. and actually, I, I think that was a really, um, a really helpful thing. I was looking um, um, that one of the things I thought about was that this reminds me again of sort of how God actually does renovate us. Like, yeah, sure. I think that God actually, um, C.S. Lewis had a great quote at one point. You know, he said that, um, and I think I said this in the sermon too. Um, he said that, um, you know, Christ is, um, you know, starts to remake our lives. And what part of what he said was that um, sometimes we think that, um, you know, he's going to do just sort of a minimal work. But then mm. we find out that he's actually, um, he's actually, sort of putting pushing the walls out and and then creating this wonderful place because the reality is that that God wants to come and live there with us yeah. right yeah. and so i think that's really important for us to think about that that Christ is actually renovating us and making us into new people because part of God's goal is to actually come and live there with us. And yeah, C.S. Lewis right. talked about that and just about, you know, how important that is and how that's an important thing for us to think about. And so I think that, you know, that's just an important piece for us to think about. Sure, sure. I think as I'm looking at that last one, what jumps out to me is that it's neither fit for soil nor for the manure pile. Yeah. And I feel like there's salt had a very specific purpose, right? Yeah. Like, uh, in a lot of ways, I know that it was used as a pres preservative in that yeah, time for meat because right. this, oh, yeah. this is long before yeah. fridges and freezers. Like, so you bought meat at the market when it was fresh and you tried to use it all before it was spoiled. And you and, packed it in salt. Yeah, right. and yeah. salt was a preservative. And so it, as I read that, what I'm seeing is that there was a purpose. Salt had a purpose. And in a sense, I feel like that's what Jesus is saying to us. We have a purpose, a God-given purpose. And so if we lose our purpose... Yeah what do we do then? Yeah, right? Like, and I, right. I do think I agree wholeheartedly that God can kind of restore, rejuvenate us that, you know, if we, I feel like my life is a testimony of that, of having not been a good witness, like growing up in church, falling away from Christ. But then I feel like God has restored and rejuvenated. Like, so I, I wholeheartedly agree that God can rebring purpose and restoration into our lives. But, yeah, but yeah. it's just an interesting thought of going, the salt, if if it loses its saltiness, it's not fit for man, the manure pile nor for the soil. Like it lost its purpose. Yeah, and that's I don't think that we as a, a people want to lose our purpose. Right? right, that's right. Like I think one of the biggest questions is why am I here? Like what am yeah, I yeah. what am I supposed to do? It's the biggest maybe question in life. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're all trying to find the purpose. And I think that purpose is to live for God and to bring him glory. Yeah, that's right. I think that that is ultimately the goal of, of what God has for each and every single one of us. Um, and I'm, again, not to tease out what Sunday's going to look like, but I'm super excited as we talk more about our, our purpose, I think, this coming Sunday of letting go of ourself, but then what do we cling to? And yeah. I think it's... It, I think it's exactly what we're going to be looking at this coming week. So I'm excited Amen. for that. Amen. So, yeah. um, and then just the end. So if it loses its, uh, for its fit, neither for soil nor for the manure pile, it's thrown out. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Yeah. That's not great. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, gosh. I, I mean, that's sort of the, uh, that's the crux, right? Yeah. So I think Jesus is always saying, Hey, here's the invitation. Like yeah. here's, here's the part that's the invitation for you. Um, listen to what I'm saying, but don't yeah. just listen to what I'm saying actually do what it is that I'm saying. Yeah. Live it out as well. <laughs> yeah, I think that's beautiful because I doubt that very many people didn't have ears. Right, right, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. But I just still, in my mind, the way that I picture this is Jesus is walking along 
in my mind, literally what I'm thinking is Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. We have no idea. Like it's, this is just my mind's image and like up a hill and there's these like 5,000 people behind him. And, yeah. and then Jesus just turns around and gives this t- tough teaching and then he turns back around yeah, yeah. and keeps going keeps and everybody's like, huh? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, yeah. what? Do, sh- okay, should I go home and think about that? Should yeah, I stay? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. That's well, at and, least in my and, mind. And But, you know, I think it's John, the Gospel of John, talks about how people would stop following. Right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, again, and I, I think yeah. that's the challenge, right? The challenge is right. that, you know, we, we find ourselves at this place where we have a choice yeah. of whether we will follow or not follow. And, you know, but it's by following that yeah. we actually grow and change and become the people that God's created us to be. And I just, again, it goes back to what I feel like is inescapable as we talk through the book of Luke, right? Like Luke was writing so that Theophilus would have certainty of the things that he was taught. And it's very much evident in Luke's writing that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven had come. Right. And so here it is again of going, we have a choice right now. So Theophilus has a choice. We can live into the kingdom of heaven or we can choose not to. So it comes back to this choice to, will I choose myself or will I choose to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? So I just feel like, in Luke's writing, I feel like it shows up over and over and over again, is that he he who has ears, let him hear. Yeah. And, and I do think, like going back to the uh, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, it's many turned away that they said that uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000. They say, this oh, yeah. is a tough teaching. Who can understand or who can i forget what it was but there's there's there is you're right like, and they wanted bread they, yeah. they wanted more food you yeah know? so a lot of them followed him because they thought they'd get more food then when they didn't get it yeah they're like they were, okay we're done with you, you yeah know? right so yeah. so i think that, that is is probably the challenge for us of going what type of christian are you not do you want to be what type of christian are you and i feel like there was a couple questions that you asked on sunday um, that I thought were fantastic. So um, we'll give you an opportunity if there's anything else you wanted to share, but I just want to read what you had said on Sunday. What is the cost for you to be a disciple? Yeah. And I, I think that that's a great question because I think it should cost us something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we may not be doing this right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to say it other than that. It's There's a cost to following Jesus which he's just clearly said yeah. in this passage. So what cost is there to being a disciple? Yeah. Um, uh, and maybe not to an extreme of going, okay, I'm going to die a martyr. Maybe it's just I live with the tension in my family that they disapprove for whatever right, that is. Right, like, right. Which there, I think, there's yeah, a cost. that's good. That's good. Um, especially when we're talking about like hating mother and father and yes, son. And like, that's right. maybe that's it's right. just a tension. Maybe it's yeah. not hate, yeah. right? There's a tension well, that you're living in. I still remember, I still remember a young girl who um, went to a camp that I was at mm. um, and she became a Christian and her parents then drove up to the camp and took her home because they thought we had brainwashed her. Yeah. She, sure. I mean, she, she accepted Christ and they, they got sure. ballistic. I mean, yeah. you know, so again, I think, you know, those are the kinds of things we're dealing with too. We're yeah. not, we're not trying to brainwash people yeah, by any right. means. We're, we're actually laying out that they're, they are deeply, deeply loved by God. But right. boy, right. that's really hard for some people to get. Right. That is and, really hard. And I think what's hard is that some people just won't yeah. or don't want to get that. Yeah, that's right. And that's, man, I, I'll be honest, for me, that's tough. It's yeah. going 
like I, I remember story of my parents growing up. They went to a Bible college, both of them that were in was in Rhode Island at the time. Um, and one of their professors was like it was I guess it was on exams or whatever. Like he, why won't all men come to know Christ? And the answer was because they won't. Yeah. Like and it's so devastating to think that, but. I think that that's the reality that we yeah, live in. So, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, right. Another thing that you had said, um, what are you tempted to put your cross down for? Yeah. I think that that's a great question to ask. What is it that you're tempted to kind of, and I'll, I'll even say for me, temporarily put your cross down where you're like, okay, I'm just going to do this and I'll be right back. Just set it down. Yeah. Yeah. Just to set it down for a moment. What is it that you're tempted in? Yeah. Um, I think that's a great question yeah, to evaluate. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think these are good. These are good things for us to think about. I, you know, we want to continue to be open to God and how God wants to work in our yeah, lives. Right, right. That's right. So with that, that's pretty much brings us to the end of our passage. Um, super excited. If you want to get a preview of, of what Sunday's sermon is going to be, you can read kind of the first, what is it, 10 verses, I think. Uh, the first 10... Yeah, verse 10, first 10 verses of Luke 15, and maybe you'll get an idea of where we're going, but I'm pretty excited for it. But was there anything else that you wanted to share? Anything that kind of uh, comes to mind now or final yeah. th closing thoughts? Well, let me let me just sort of wrap it up with this. Sure. I guess that I, I think, you know, a lot of times we look at this and we think this is a really hard passage of Jesus, sure. right? But I think it's also important for us to realize there's an invitation yeah, from God in this. That, um, you know, that when we put Jesus right at the center of our life and being, um, and the reality is, you know, whatever we face in life, Jesus is there with us. Yeah. And so I think that's important for us to realize also. And that, um, and that this passage, um, although some people might say, well, see, that's why I'm not a Christian, but the reality is that it's actually inviting us into a life where we can thrive and grow yeah, right. and we can come to know who God is and trust God with our whole heart, soul, yeah. mind and strength. And I, I think that's important also. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. this passage, for, for taking the time for overtime. Thank you for joining us. Again, yeah. if you ever have any questions regarding the passage or passages we're working through or just questions in general, we love when you help us kind of create content. Um, we love the questions. We love any feedback and interaction. So we want to invite you to do that. You can email us overtime at clcfamily.church. Or if you want to jump online live when we go live, it's usually about noontime on Tuesdays. It really depends on how long our staff meetings go. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's usually noon to 1 p.m. we start. Right, so that's right. that's it's a window kind of, but we try and keep it as close to 12 as possible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let us know if you have any questions. Again, we really hope that you were challenged and encouraged by, by this conversation. And, yeah, we hope to see you again on Sunday. So, everyone, have a great week. All right. God bless. Thanks for joining us.